0: You're listening to the Packer Net Podcast Network. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those, Those were the days. days. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So there's quite a bit going on right now. Um, Unfortunately, I don't really fully understand everything because we don't have a lot of information. What I'm referring to is what in the world is going on because we've got... I mean, today. Today is the first day that rookies are reporting for at least two teams. Well, not at least, for literally exactly two teams. That is, the Chiefs and the Texans. All other rookies report tomorrow. Um, July 23rd, quarterbacks and injured players. Then July 28th, which is eight days from today, all other players are to report for camp. And so you've got kind of this environment where the league is pushing forward and um it's kind of like those scenes have you seen those videos of you know protests when the police decide okay this is now no longer a thing and they start clearing the street and you've always got some people that are you know deliberately walking slower (laughs) like oh yeah i'm gonna go i'm i'm technically walking in the direction you're asking me to so you know and the police are like, no, you're going to have to pick it up a bit. The The concern I have, if we're using this parallel with the analogy, almost always one of those people ends up getting swallowed up by the police, whether that's just, you know, getting arrested or getting knocked over, and then the police are like, nope, we got to keep moving, so, you know, let the guys behind us handle it. The point is the league is pushing forward, and the players are, not all of them, but a lot of them, are walking slowly you know wait a minute slow down what's going on what are you talking about i want more information i want this we want these concessions made i'm not going to play until you give us what we want and the league is like yeah 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 and they just keep pushing it's a question for me as to is everybody just gonna walk is everybody gonna say okay you know we'll, we'll just do whatever or are some people gonna say nope done i'm out i don't know i wouldn't think so Because as of now, it is still your obligation. The NFL is saying, no, we're not giving you uh, opt-out, which is what players want. I don't think the NFL will ever concede that, nor do I think it really makes sense to. I mean, it does in a a more generalized, compassionate kind of manner. But what's going to happen as soon as the NFL says, if you feel too concerned to play, you don't have to play, there's no penalties, no fines, you get your full salary, or or whatever. You're going to have a bunch of people stay home because it's subjective there's there's no measure you don't go to the doctor to get measured for concern well I, you know my grandma everybody has a grandma or an elderly family member or somebody with asthma or whatever so that's not something that's the, that the players and the players union are going that's not a battle they're going to win maybe on some small level if they set up a certain th- you know if you have somebody in your household with you know a, whether it's a child or or an elderly person that lives with you or whatever Will give you an exemption, maybe, but I, I don't think the NFL is willing to concede any players. You know, if if you want to quit your job, that's up to you. And 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 again, you know, the NFL can handle it, however, and players can handle it, however. But if we're being realistic about this, can you quit your job? Maybe you can. I don't know, but I I don't know of I can't think of too many people or occupations in which. You go up to your boss and you're like, look, man, I'm just really concerned. You know, my, my wife is pregnant. Mine is, by the way. And I'm just kind of concerned about this COVID thing. I'd like to just not come in anymore until COVID isn't a thing, you know, like in 40 years. And I'd like to still get paid and I'd like to not be ostracized. And I feel like you should just uh, agree to that. that. No, I can quit if I choose to. But I'm not going to be paid, I'm, you know, I, I can take my vacation time, or my sick time, if I have any, and again, maybe the NFL will allow some kind of an unpaid opt-out, which the, the players obviously don't want that, they want a paid opt-out, but I, I just, I don't think that's going to be realistic. If you can't do your job, I understand that's fine, but you're absolutely not getting paid for that. Now, as far as what's going on on Twitter with the hashtags and everything, I don't Put too much stock into it it's a it's a pr campaign i mean just just the fact that they're all using the same exact language the same exact hashtag immediately my brain just blocks it out the, we heard prior to this campaign that the union had said to the players if we create a unified front there's a good chance we can get our demands and that's what they're seeking. That's why Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, and all these guys that you're seeing on Twitter, even guys I think like Oren Burks or whatever, uh, Christian Kirksey, they're coming out with almost the exact same sentences. We're worried about our families. We're worried about our children. Of course, you know, you. and I'm not saying it's not true, but the point is they're appealing to us, the fans, and pulling on the heartstrings because if they say we're worried about our money and my my ACL you know not that we wouldn't be compassionate but when you say i'm worried about my children and my pregnant wife it it's it's a better message and again they're trying to create a unified front because that gives them more leverage against the nfl to get their demands but again i think the nfl is is planning to just steamroll ahead and say, you know and even when i'm looking at the jj watt thing he kind of laid it all. i i don't understand it is hard because i i don't that and that's the the reason i don't want to go too in depth on this i'm not involved in any of these calls i don't exactly know what's going on and what the players want but some of this is just kind of like why well, i thought we did have answers to this so I, you know the first thing he says on his little thing we want to play that's their hashtag right and i don't doubt that they do right they, they want to play sure we want to be as safe as possible i'm right of course um the nfl can mandate players show up whether or not an agreement has been reached well yeah because what happens if that's not true? The players in the union get to shut the NFL season down unless their demands get met, right? That's what that means. The NFL is saying, look, there's going to be an NFL season. The players can't just stomp their feet and, and you know plug their nose and hold their breath and say, give me what I want or I'm shutting this whole thing down. They're not going to be allowed to do that, and that makes sense. Now, they should try to work to find an agreement, of course, but again, this this isn't one-sided. It's two-sided, and the point is, because of coronavirus, a lot of concessions have to be made, a lot of bad things have to happen, and there's a dispute about who has to bear the brunt of that, or how do we split the, the, this down the middle, or, or whatever. And of course, the union's job is to give the players as much as possible, and make sure they lose as little as possible. That's their job, and they're trying to do that. And again, their message to the players was, if we can create a unified front, we can maybe get the stuff that we want. But of course the NFL is going to have a season without any kind of an agreement. Not that that's a good thing, but again, if if the players say, we're going to stand away over here, we want all our demands met, and the season can't start until there's these things, then that would give the players all the power. And that doesn't really make a lot of sense. There was always going to be a season. That was always the plan. Um, the next point, we still have not been granted the full and proper training camp acclimation period necessary as recommended by the medical and training staff. This is, this is one of the big contradictions here. Because on one hand, you know, well, we want to be safe. We don't want to do this whole thing because of coronavirus and we need less. We don't want any uh, preseason or any of this stuff. But at the same time, we need a lot of time to work out at the facility and train and all this stuff to get our bodies acclimated. Well, you can't have more and less at the same time. And I do honestly believe this is a bigger issue for players than coronaviruses. This has been, when you, when you didn't have this unified front message that is, I'm worried about my family and the coronavirus, when you just looked at individual players, you know, go back and look at what they were saying, they were worried about their bodies. They were worried about this acclimation period. They don't want to get injured because they haven't been training and, and they've had an entire offseason and then you go play football. The injuries are going to be through the roof. So I think this is a very legitimate grievance that most players have. And again, it's going to require you all have to show up. You got to be there, you know, tomorrow or the 28th or whenever you're scheduled to be there and you got to get working out and you got to start smacking each other in pads and everything else. That's how you do that, but it's going to be counterproductive in your efforts to not catch this vo- well, maybe. Because again, we also have to remember these are not guys that are hiding in bunkers 24 7 that suddenly have to come out of their bunker to go into this NFL environment. For the most part, most of these people are probably going to be safer from coronavirus doing this than they ever were prior to going to the NFL because of the amount of. I mean, they're going to be tested like every two days. They're going to be forced to be quarantined, you know, and doing all these th- These guys aren't forced to be. Co- are you kidding me? These guys are out and, and doing whatever they want, some more than others. But you know the point is everybody is taking on some level of risk with this virus. Every single human being on planet Earth, nobody is hundred percent isolated from this thing. So the question is: Is there going to be an elevated risk? And that's what I'm assuming they don't want. But I don't think there will be. It's like I've been telling a lot of: I work at a hospital. That is probably the cleanest environment. It's probably cleaner than the grocery store. Do you know how sanitized a hospital is? It's ridiculous. It seems counterintuitive because it's where all the sick people are. It's a bunch of people in this tiny little environment and there's sicknesses and disease in the hospital. It's like, dude, I'm telling you, everything is sanitized. 20, the floors and the walls and everything is sterilized. I'm talking about before COVID-19, but also including COVID-19. I'm not exposed to it. The amount of, of procedures and I I am safer from the virus there than I am at the grocery store, which everybody has to go to. Everybody needs food unless you got you're just eating out of your garden in the back maybe otherwise I don't I don't know how you're isolated from this thing you're not nobody is and so again there isn't necessarily there doesn't at least there doesn't have to be depending on what procedures they put in place and again this was over a month ago, I had already reported to you that word was coming out you wouldn't believe what the NFL is doing right now, sterilizing everything, scrubbing the buildings, top to bottom, walls, ceilings, floors, because again, they've got millions and millions of dollars, like each individual team, millions and millions. We're talking in total billions of dollars on the line. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna put a mop on the floor, I promise you. So they're not entirely safe, but but nobody is. That's why players have already gotten this thing, because they're not hiding in bunkers. Uh, he goes on to say, we don't know if there will be daily testing, every other day testing, etc. I'm assuming he's talking about during the season, because we've I've, I've already heard what the procedures are going to be, at least when they show up to training camp. And if that's true, and I, I guess I have no reason to believe it's not, that is somewhat ridiculous. I mean, I understand that this is uncharted territory, but the NFL needs to have some kind of procedure in place. And there are still things that they're trying to, to iron out, but, but part of the reason they don't have all this laid out is because they're currently in negotiations with players. As he already stated, there's, there hasn't been an agreement reached. So it, it partly doesn't make sense to say that they're, I'm upset that there hasn't been an agreement, and also here are a bunch of the things that we don't know yet. Well, no duh, they, the NFL doesn't know it either. Partly because that's part of what we're negotiating. I'm sure they've heard what the NFL would like to do already. But then the NFLPA comes back and says, no, we want something better. And then we don't have an agreement. So then we don't know what we're doing. He says, we still don't know if there will be preseason games or not. Um, I mean, again, there is a current plan, whether or not that's going to change. Um, you know, Obviously, who knows? For that reason, we don't know if there's going to be an NFL season yet or not they're saying there's going to be one, but we don't really know yet. Well, we don't, it's not here until they're on the field playing. I mean, it's literally going to be a week. I, I, I genuinely feel like this season is going to be a week-to-week proposition. You know, they're, we get week two when they're playing week two, and then we won't know if there's a week three until they start playing week three, which is going to be an unfortunate thing, but, you know, such is the life of the world of coronavirus. We just don't know week-to-week, day-to-day, what's going to happen. And there's plenty of theories, and there's plenty of ideas, and there's, you know, every time I try to say, well, I think that yeah, I'm, I'm wrong every time. If you err on the side of negative, you tend to be more right than than the people who are more positive. But nobody really knows. Uh, he goes on to say, we don't know how a positive COVID test will be handled um, in regards to others in close contact, um, in the huddle, directly engaged, etc. I thought about that one. I, I don't know why anybody would have been in contact in a huddle with somebody with the virus. I mean, that that's sort of worst case scenario, because the, the plan should be And granted, I I think this might... I I don't know what tests or or even how accurate the tests are these days, but 100% they're going to do their best to test everybody before they set foot on a football field. And you have to get a negative test to get on the football field. I know right now when they report to camp, the, the structure of it is you take two tests, so... For the people showing up today, for example, you would take a test today, then they're going to take another test tomorrow, and then you have to get two negative tests. So if it's a two-day test, it won't be until Thursday, right? On Wednesday, you get your Monday test. On Thursday, you get your Tuesday test. If both of those come back negative, on Friday, you can then go and start your, your training. Until then, you're essentially, presumably, isolated, right? You have to go to your room, stay in your room, and again, this is where... You are now under strict, more strict quarantine than prior to. There might be a couple of players who put themselves in strict quarantine, but as long as you're there, a hundred percent, they're going to say you go to your room, you stay in your room, because they're because well, that's the entire point of this is to make sure that when you come to training camp, you do not have it. And in while we're waiting for tests, if you're out doing whatever you want and interacting with everybody else, especially the other players, come to find out that one of these guys had COVID, and then it's like, oh yeah, we all hung out with that guy, we went out partying with him or whatever. It's like, well. Way to go, dummy! Right? No, you have to be isolated from everybody else. I'm not speaking on... on, I'm just saying that that has to be the procedure. The the two-test thing is the procedure. Uh, I'm saying the isolation is the only way that that even makes sense. So I'm assuming that is the next step. You go basically into isolation, and then if you get your two positive tests starting Friday, you're good to go. And the same thing, I think, is going to be the case for the football game. You have to pass a test to be able to be on the field. So there shouldn't be anybody that comes off the field with coronavirus. Now, I guess that's easier said than done because, you I mean, are you going to test the water boy or are you going to test? I'm assuming everybody that steps foot on that field, if, if you're going to be on the field, you're taking a test. The referees are taking tests. The coaches are taking tests. Everybody. You don't set foot on that field without taking a test. So, again, there there shouldn't be any situation in which somebody has COVID and now you have to test everybody that was in that huddle because that's that's going to shut a whole season down because if somebody in the locker room on the plane on the bus in the huddle has coronavirus you've you've very probably infected half your team and now the team's just not playing now the team now we have entire teams that need to forfeit so in other words unless we know you don't have it you're not interacting with this team so there's going to be regular testing and 100% there's going to be testing prior to a game because not only can you infect your entire team you can now infect the other team and, and and again this is how the whole thing gets shut down real fast and so the NFL has has every incentive to protect the players as much as the players do as far as COVID-19 is concerned I think the injury risk is a very real risk in which there's conflicting um desires not that the NFL wants players to be injured obviously because that's going to hurt the season as well and I mean there are these aren't inhumane people, the owners and and whatnot are not like, you know, completely, I just, I don't care about these people as human beings at all. But there is some conflict in terms of the NFL wanting to protect them from COVID to protect the season, which conflicts with protecting them from injury. Because the way you protect them from injury is you get them in there, you start smashing them into each other. You give them lots and lots of football training, not just, you know, whatever they're doing in the off season, which has to do with, you know, hitting, uh, J.J. then says, a strong and fair opt-out clause for those at high risk or those with family members at high risk uh, has still not been agreed upon. And again, this is a, a, a two-sided thing. Has not been agreed upon means the NFL has a plan and the players have a plan and they're different plans and they have not been able to meet in the middle. And obviously the pl- the, the players want as much as they can get, which would be to the far side, anyone for any reason can opt out. And the NFL from their far side is... Everybody shows up, no excuses. And again, as much as it makes sense on the surface, I, I don't necessarily see them, unless it is like extreme high risk and the NFL sets the parameters for what that means, and again, it has to be somebody in your household, I don't necessarily see the players getting much by way of concession on that. Because again, what they're essentially asking for is a reason why a player can simply say I'm not playing and everything's... and, and that's fine there's no repercussions for that i think there should be something but uh, again it it just seems unlikely that that's the nfl is really going to concede a bunch on that um his final point because the the actual last thing says we want to play again which again is a sentence that was handed to them by the union as a way to get what they want the final point is if players do not show up on time they can be fined or considered in breach of contract even if health and safety protocols have not been agreed upon, or IDER, infectious disease emergency response plans, have not been approved. So again, the, the message is, and this is what players are actually saying, we just want answers, just answer our questions. The, the problem is, and maybe this isn't true across the board, again, I don't really know, it seems to me the NFL does have a plan, but these are not plans that have been agreed upon. The procedures are not in place because the players have not agreed to these procedures. So again, it really just comes down to how flexible is the NFL going to be toward the players and I do think there needs to be increased flexibility because these are these are different times. You know, you you've got to you've got to adapt, right? Everything in life is adapt or die, but especially in times like this. This is why so many businesses, you know, some businesses are thriving, others are completely falling apart. It's an adapt or die environment, but to the extreme in times like this. And the NFL is going to have to get away from the you know, this is the way we do business. And I understand that, and eventually we'll get back to business, but you got to find a little bit more flexibility here. On the other side, you do have players who are trying to take advantage. 100%. They're trying to get additional concessions. I guarantee some of them are unreasonable, and they're trying to use this pandemic as a source of leverage. And again, the NFLPA has come out and said, listen, if we say we want to play, because they're trying to win the PR battle, we want to play but we're just concerned about our families and the NFL is not protecting my family. Of course everybody's going to run to the side of the play. How dare the NFL? Okay, but can, we, we don't know the situation at all. So again, just just don't read into it too much. This is a political campaign, not literally, but that's how this is being run. On both sides it's just a PR campaign. The players are just better at it. They have they've got, you know, bigger followings and the NFLPA is better at at structuring. The NFL doesn't care. They come out with lawyers make statements that sound, you know, lawyery and Nobody's sympathetic to that and and Roger Goodell in general is just not great at, at anything in regard to anything that I can see I mean I'm sure he's good at something but man I just I wouldn't want to put him in charge of, of anything but again that that's kind of where we're at, and that's how i'm I'm feeling about this whole situation is is again that that picture of the NFL is trying to push and you got to find that balance between not pushing too hard and too fast but at the same time the season is starting today. It's, it, I mean, the season started technically a long time ago, but training camp started today. The NFL doesn't have time to keep messing around and, and coming back to the negotiating table and all this. I mean, it's. it started today. So it's kind of like whatever we have in place is what we're going with. We've set up procedures. We've got testing set up. We've got all these things. We're, we're forging ahead. And and some of this, realistically, all of us are doing this. we got to kind of just figure it out as we go. All businesses and everything have adapted over time. Look at grocery stores. I was kind of... It was one way and then they add this and then they start putting the arrows on the ground and entrances and exits are now separate. I mean, they always were, but now they have to be kind of strict about it because nobody listened before. I don't know why that was such a hard thing. There would be an entrance and an exit and nobody listened. Or except Target where they they just blocked off all the other. They just made one entrance and exit. I don't know what they're doing. At least the one by me you know but they they slowly start changing and adapting like well that's that's well the NFL needs to have that as well we can't have everything exactly laid out we've got a plan we're rolling with it we'll figure it out as we go so we'll see i mean you know again there's there's a big campaign going there's some talk of some players opting out uh DeMarcus Lawrence i think we'll see what happens if he actually follows through with that or if anybody else chooses not to show up that'll be kind of a you know, maybe one of those things where somebody just isn't there. You know, kind of like a holdout. We we see that every year. There are certain guys that just don't show up, and you're surprised by it because there's there's some contractual thing, and he's saying I want more money or or whatever. I'm I'm owed more. I want a new contract, or I'm not playing. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys just don't show up and say, "Listen, I want X, Y, and Z in place, either an agreement or specifically this thing agreed upon before I showed up. Otherwise, I'm not showing up." The problem is they're going to have even less leverage because they're not showing up for a team. But in that case, it's the team's. It's it's just it's an isolated thing to the team. The team has an incentive to get that guy there because that team wants to win football games and they need that guy, and so they're more likely to put up their money. But the NFL is much less likely to say there's there's not going to be an NFL because that guy on that team isn't playing. I, you know why does Roger Goodell care if the Jets suck more? He doesn't, right? Le'Veon Bell's not going to show up. Okay, I don't care, right? One guy, I mean, maybe if Pat Mahomes doesn't show up, Roger Goodell will care a little bit, but the, the point, there's a lot less leverage in this situation if one guy doesn't show up compared to, because again, even if Jerry Jones in that situation is like, look, we need to figure something out because my guy's not showing up. You know, first of all, DeMarcus Lawrence has to get to Jerry Jones to where he wants to make changes. And then Jerry Jones has to push the other owners and Goodell and all the the, the leadership structure there. Hey, her, you know, we got to figure something out for my guy. And everyone else is like, no, forget you. We've got a plan, and this is what we're going with. I'm not going to make concessions because one of your guys isn't showing. You know what? You get what I'm saying? There's an extra layer of... of, of a, a, there's another wall that he has to push through, and he doesn't have enough leverage by himself. But again... Everything seems to be forging ahead. And as of now, players are going to show up. Maybe a couple won't. Um, I I do think that it's very likely that most players show up. Because again, I think this is, I mean, I know this is an organized campaign. Meaning this is sort of a, a, a last gasp attempt to force the NFL to make some concessions before the NFL season starts. Because again, even the way that it was laid out to the players from the union in terms of I think if we all come together we can get these concessions through. To me red as we're probably not going to get any but let's try this one last thing and we'll see what happens. And this what we're watching is that last thing. It is the players trying to unify and and again it seems like a lot of players but there's a lot more silence and there's you know especially the, as, as I've always said anytime there is a union type battle between the league and the the owners usually what the battle is is you got the owners against the superstars. And then you've got another layer of the the other guys. You know, the the rookies are much less likely to say I'm not showing up than the superstars. The guy's looking for that next contract. Kevin King is not sitting out this season. He's not. David Bakhtiari is not sitting out this season. I guess maybe he could, but it's, you know, he's looking for his third contract and he'll probably get it, but Kevin King is not. He shouldn't. He's, He's, you know, Aaron Jones. These guys need to play. These guys need a season. You know, A.J. Dillon is is not going to sit out on some principled stance. He's going to play. So again, th- th- I think there are some reasonable concerns and all and all that. But again, don't don't get caught up in the campaign. the The entire point is to influence you. Just focus on the information, not you know. I, don't, I do whatever you want. But anyways, that that's the best I can articulate this because it's I I don't know. Again, I know the I know what they want to let out. I know the players' side because they're putting it on social media. But the actual what's going on, it's its still its like under lock and key. The actual phone conversations, and there are some podcasts from people who have been in those conversations. And again, if you listen to those, you know, Tony Pauline's podcast, he does lay out. The, this, these are the plans as per what the league is saying. So there are plans in place. There are procedures. It's just a matter of... Um, again the, the players want certain things and will the nfl agree to it or to what degree or whatever but anyways uh, i want to say a big thank you to mr justin brazo brozo brozo sounds awesomer and funnier because it's like bro but also bozo but i'm, I'm assuming it's like pizza so it's brazo but anyways thank you very much for jumping in on patreon appreciate your support um I had talked about a fantasy football league and I said I would start with Patreon and the interest is through the roof. So I'm trying to figure out how to handle this because as of right now, I think there's 20 people that are interested with me would make 21. So that doesn't work. So I think what I might do is go from the higher tiers and work my way down. Um, And then the tiebreaker would be lifetime support. So in other words, if there's, you know, eight people that are higher tiers and then we get down to the one dollar tier and there's you know the rest of the people it would come down to how long have you been a patron so I'll, I'll get that all figured out and um i'll plan on doing a league of 16 which is massive and if everybody's super opposed to that we won't but i, I just i want to do as big of a league to get as many people in as possible without just being ridiculous and saying we're doing like a 32 person league or something crazy Although I, I have thought about it, like, that would be kind of fun on some level. Not doing it, but, you know, so one, one year I would just like to do that. Like, what would that look like? But that's sort of the plan for now. We'll see how it shakes out. I, I will uh, probably do a follow-up post with the people that made the cut. I'm also contemplating maybe doing a second league. I, I don't really know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do, like, a like one 10-person league. And then I'll do 116 because the 16 is going to be less fun. So, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll make a post about it on Patreon. But again, thank you very much to Justin for jumping in. Uh, This weekend I had a lot of fun jumping in uh, on YouTube, which I've done before. I've, I've done several video type things in the past. But again, I'm trying to do it a little bit more consistently, a little bit more professionally. And so if you're interested in checking that out, I've got two videos up from the weekend. Um... Pack Daddy NFL is the YouTube channel, so if you are a YouTube viewer, please head over there and subscribe to that channel. That would be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, the videos are going up on Facebook, so if you want to see them there, um, first of all, make sure you like the Packernet Podcast uh, Facebook page. That's where they're being posted. I have been sharing them over to the group, but if you want to make sure that you see the video, you got to like the page. I would like to also do them during the week, but having a family and doing the podcast in the morning, then going to work, then coming home and doing YouTube videos and then eating dinner and going to bed or whatever, you know, that's not going to play. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But anyways, why don't we take a break and we'll come back, talk about a couple other things and uh, get on with our Monday. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So one of the things my, my most recent video was about was doing a reaction to some of these Madden grades, and it's pretty shocking stuff to see how bad they are at it. Now, I don't know how true this is or how this actually works, but from what I understand, EA Sports or whatever actually essentially hires scouts to physically go to games and scout players and that's how they come up with their grades more specifically and again i'm kind of piecing this together from what i'm hearing as well as videos from the adjusters and for example there's a video here of a guy talking about how they get their scouting reports i'm assuming that's from ea scouts which is crazy to me then they have tape which i'm sure the nfl provides because they are a licensed partner and so you have guys that are in offices using scouting reports and tape, and they're breaking all this stuff down, and they're coming up with grades. Now, apparently, uh, Electronic Arts, EA, has generated about $4 billion in their lifespan just from Madden. This seems like an entire massive waste of money. You are employing people, and and again, this is hearsay, but apparently very well-paid people. Scouts, you've got these people, You've got everybody else. It's got to be at least in the tens of millions of dollars just for this department. It has to be. If, if you're talking close to or within the six-figure range, plus benefits times however many people, at least tens of millions. That doesn't, I mean, that's that's including the cost of airfare, the cost of all the hotels, the per diem, the rental cars, the gas for the mileage... You know, the 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 building that houses the people that receive the reports and do all the work and the the IT and I just 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 massive, massive, massive. And then the product they put out, one example that I had that I looked at as I was going through, that's in the video, is uh that the defensive tackles The Minnesota Vikings defensive tackle Michael Pierce, I believe, is the third highest graded defensive tackle in football. Michael Pierce, who is a downgrade from Linval Joseph, a guy who is almost entirely a run defender, provides very little to nothing by way of pass rush, and right off the bat, when I started looking at how it is that he's ranked higher than Kenny Clark, who I think was 6th, 5th or 6th, something like that, how in the world is he rated higher than Kenny Clark, the very first ratings you see are speed and acceleration, and Michael Pierce was higher than Kenny Clark in both categories. Michael Pierce is a 340-pound defensive tackle whose job is to essentially just defend the run, and they gave him higher speed and acceleration. You're paying tens of millions of dollars to get it that wrong. This, this, this is this is a problem, man. I'm, i I, I don't want to venture too off outside of football, but. This is this is what I've been talking about. Same with the NFL, you got so much money and you just start throwing money around. Start doing things in-house cuz you think it makes more sense or you're going to save money or whatever and it just it's a massive waste of money. There are companies, at least two that I know of, Pro Football Focus and Sports Info Solutions, I think is what it's called, that could do this work for you for a fraction of the cost. I believe SIS actually might be a better solution because they use Um, you know computer software and things maybe pff does too i don't know but in terms of just things like measuring their speed there are computers that can generate you don't need people there to do that computers can do i mean the nfl can provide this to you next gen stats they've got sensors in there they can pull that data from the nfl you don't need scouts for that you can see what their top end speed was for the season now maybe that's a little bit harder for defensive tackles but i'm sure there's a way to do that You know, they've got sensors, you know, in football to see velocity, to see, you know, how far the throws are. All this stuff can be generated from information the NFL already has. You don't need a staff for it. And then as far as accuracy and all that stuff, again, PFF and SIS, they have that information. They would be willing to provide that to you, a a special licensed agreement for a fraction of what you're paying for an in-house service, and you would get the information a lot better. And I'm not talking about just ripping off PFF grades. Build your own stupid proprietary system, but pull the information from people that already have it. You don't need your own staff for this, and you're just doing such a terrible job. I mean, the bottom line is: look, I've I've done this before. I've I've tried to come up with mathematical algorithms to to you know, like for football, for uh, f- either fantasy football or uh, or the draft or whatever. And the bottom line is, one of the things that I do is I take that and I compare it to information that we already have, and you look at what gets spit out, and it's like, well, this is garbage. So then you go back and adjust it so that it's less garbage. Madden needs to do that, and maybe that's how they come up with this, to just try to compare it to other things that go, well, it's pretty close. You get a couple outliers like Michael Pierce at number three, but whatever. Which again, if you just put a realistic speed and acceleration and things in there, he would drop pretty quickly. Again, I've, I've said in the past, PFF is not perfect, and I'm sure they acknowledge they're not perfect. But at least you don't see things like that. At least the grades and everything kind of makes sense. You know, go to SIS or PFF and ask them: Is Michael Pierce one of the faster defensive tackles in football? They're gonna laugh. All these scouts, all of this information, all of this film, and maybe speed has a different connotation for defensive tackles where they're able to more quickly disengage or whatever but build a new thing into it i, I, don't, I don't know it just you know I, I didn't want to get caught up in the madden hype everybody's doing their madden reactions and everything else but it's it's really bad and, and my biggest thing is i just don't know how you can have that much money and those that much resources you've got your adjusters you've got your scouts and then you've got people above them i'm sure that that come up with the algorithms for how exactly this all comes into play for the overall grade and and all this stuff and and you still just can't put out a quality and i'm not even talking about the gameplay which a lot of other people go into about how bad that is the fact that franchise mode is so terrible just you know but again this is why companies like this look for exclusive licenses they couldn't win in the open market if everybody was able to to use the the team's images and the players likeness and all these things, Madden wouldn't really exist. I mean it would for a lot of people in terms of nostalgia and I've I've been buying Madden for twenty years and I'm not gonna stop whatever, but and you know, eventually they lose that battle. But when you have exclusive rights, you cornered the market. So you win by default because you have the most money. And you you, you rather than winning based on merit, you just buy it. But still, it just—it just—it I don't know—it just blows me away that I feel like if if I grabbed ten people from the podcast listenership and I'm like, look, we are going to come up with a system that makes—and it was our full-time job and we got paid and we had benefits, just the ten of us, and we had whatever budget that EA was willing to give us, we would put out a better product, hundred percent. And I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, again, this is not a, a talk—it's not a brag. I'm—I'm I'm just saying. I feel like if you grab any 10 people and you said this is your full-time job to make sure the grades are great, we would do a better job. And then grab another 10 people to come out with how the gameplay is going to work and they would make it better. Because their their job would be to listen to what people want and then give them what they want. And that's it. <laughs> but I don't know. But yeah, so I went through the grades. And it wasn't even so much that I'm mad, you know, about where the Packers were necessarily. But more or less just, you know, you know you've know, you got Aaron Rodgers, I think, was sixth, which I look at I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. I think that's reasonable. I think I put him third. But <laughs> but I don't mind that, you know, if you want to put Russell Wilson ahead, okay, I can see that. You know, Lamar, if, if you're all in on Lamar, it makes sense. He had a fantastic year. We don't know what he's going to be able to do in 2020, but he had a great year in 2019. It's not the safest bet, but it makes sense. But then you see Tom Brady being put in front of him, and again, I, just, I don't like that. I don't like the love for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom I'm not saying it can't happen, but just the automatic assumption that, well, he's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, and not only that, he was clearly declining in New England. It sort started to kind of look like uh, Peyton Manning at the end of his career, to where you could still see how he was a really intelligent quarterback, and as long as he wasn't throwing the ball far down the field, he was making generally accurate passes. But this is not a guy who's leading the team. This is a guy that is now being dragged by a much better team. And now that guy is going over to Tampa, clearly at the end of his road. He knows the end is, is imminent. He's got plenty of weapons and all that stuff, but it just... I'm just, I'm not going to assume anything. And, and And just based on merit, again, especially if your job in Madden is just based on attributes explain to me the attributes that Brady has that makes him better it's not the speed acceleration he can't throw as hard or as far maybe accuracy but again you've got the only in terms of short passes you know Aaron Rodgers wasn't perfect down the field but I I don't know I I just I, I don't I don't know how Tom Brady could be a better quarterback I don't think he is And even if you want to say, well, Rodgers is declining, yeah, so is Tom Brady. Did you watch him last year? He's not putting out his best product. So again, that that was the biggest thing for me. Again, it's not so much where Kenny Clark was, it's the fact that Michael Pierce got put in front of him. But Bakhtiari was number one, which was great. I think Devontae was number five, which is fine with me. Uh, Jair got massive love. I think Jair was way too high. Although, as I said in the video, if this is meant to be where they're going to be this year cool. still doesn't explain Pierce or Brady, but yeah, love it. Let's hype that Jair train, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for that breakout, which by the way, is a little foreshadowing for what I want to talk about tomorrow. Pending any big news, the question is who will be the next Devante? Something to ponder. But anyways, I feel like I'm just getting started, but we're at 40 minutes and I got to get going here. So I guess we'll cut it off there. Madden's a joke. And so far, the NFL season is uh, its moving forward. This is sort of a last gasp by the NFL players and the association and whatnot to uh, try to win the fight. But uh, I, don't, I don't really care how it falls. I just want them to reach some kind of an agreement and get going. And so far, so good. But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Monday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.